All right. So, um, as Jeff said, we're doing uh, the Faces of Regeneration, and tonight I'm talking about Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. I don't know how many of you guys know that. Someone reminded me of that before I came up here, and I, I just had to do it. John, it's your fault. <laughs> so, um, you know, first I want to talk a little bit about where we came from, but I'm just going to go ahead and go into step nine. Let's read it. I'm, I'm going to read it real quick. So amends, we made direct amends whenever possible, submitting to God, his word, and biblical counsel. And then the foundation verse for that is Romans 12, 17 and 18. Uh, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought and do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So I just want to cover real quick where we come from. How did we get to this point? Man, I feel like I'm loud. Anyway, um, step one, we admitted we had no power in step one. What do we do in step two? We came to believe that God has power. And then step three, we came to believe that uh, Christ is the center of that power. And so we accepted Christ as our Savior. Step four, we take inventory. Um, Step five, we confess our idols. Step six, we become willing to give God everything. We're willing to put everything at the foot of the cross. Step seven, we ask that God change us so that we can follow Christ fully because without God changing our hearts, we can never follow Christ fully. And in step eight, we forgive and become willing to ask for forgiveness. And this brings us to step nine. For step nine, we're going to be teaching tonight out of Luke 19. But rather than stick the whole passage up there and read through it, we're just going to teach through it. So we're going to get to kind of hear it as, it as the story as it unpacks. And it's a cool story. It's a funny story, but it's a cool story. So um, one of the things that I want everyone to keep in mind when we approach amends is that, and this is, a, this is terrible what I came up with, but I think it's awesome. Amends will make you crow. Crow is to make like a joyful noise. It's to shout out loudly, okay? What does that mean? So amends is a command. So it's, we are commanded by God to make amends. It has more to do with our relationship with Christ than it has to do with the relationship with the person we're actually making amends or seeking forgiveness from. It's an outward manifestation of our desire to be closer to Christ And last, it's a witness. It's a huge witness to others. So we're going to kind of try and unpack these. And and from here, I'm just going to launch into, what is the setting? What's going on here? So what happened before? So I'm going to hit on this command idea really quick. So before this, in Matthew, before these events, Matthew 5, 23 and 24 Christ says something that's very poignant. It says, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that you have something or your brother has something against you, you leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled with your brother. Then come and offer your gift. And this is a scripture that basically tells us, I mean, it tells us a lot about amends, but it tells us that amends is a command. And amends has more to do with our relationship with God than it has to do with the person that we've, we're asking, seeking forgiveness from. If I'm at the altar 
and, and I have to get right with my brother. God's saying, stop. Go reconcile with your brother first. Then come back. So keep that in mind. So the setting. So before this, Jesus is traveling towards Jerusalem during this time. And his popularity is rising. And so I want you to understand what this looks like during this time. It is, it is like beginning to grow like a parade. We're approaching Jerusalem. We're getting close to the triumphal entry. And so there is a lot of fervor around this guy who a lot of people are saying, hey, this is the Messiah. This is the son of David. This guy's going to be our king. We're going to put him on the throne. So that's kind of the environment that's happening around Jesus right now. Some things that happened just before this. In Luke 18, Jesus has some incidents that occur that are key. They're going to come back. So I want you to remember these. The first is little children try to approach Jesus, and his disciples are kind of like, hey, get the little children away. Get them away. And he's like, whoa, time out. You need to let them come to me. Cause I, and, and he says something poignant. He says, whoever approaches me like one of these, um, and I'm going to flip back, but he said, Who, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And I just find that fascinating. Then after that, we get the rich young ruler who approaches Christ and he says, Christ, what, what can I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And he goes, have you kept the laws? He said, yeah, kept them all since my youth. He goes, okay, well, let's, one more thing, sell everything you possess, give it to the poor. And the guy just, he can't take it. And he turns around, and he walks away disappointed. And so this is something else I want y'all to keep in mind. So in Luke 18, 23, he says, After he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. It's right after this that Jesus is entering Jericho. So real quick, let me tell you a little bit about my big secret when I came in to Regen, the burden that I was carrying, the thing that almost made me walk away disappointed. That was that when I came into Regen, I was carrying this incredible burden of not being able to stop acting out on my sexual fantasies. And for me, that looked like pornography. And I couldn't stop. And it was wearing me out. I was, I was worn out. And I just wanted it to stop. I just wanted to know what it was like to be close to Christ and not feel constantly distant from him and his people and his church. And that was the burden I was bearing. So the bottom line is, is Jesus was going to Jerusalem. He's passing through Jericho. We read in Luke 19.1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. So everyone's following Jesus. And I don't know if, how many of y'all know uh, the Lionel Richie song. Um, what's the one? It's, you know, um, all, we're going to party all night long. On the, on, I'm a terrible singer, sorry. So the bottom line is, is that's what's going on. I mean, it is a street party happening. I mean, people are crowded in. You got this short guy, Zacchaeus. Let me tell you something about Zacchaeus. He's short. He's rich. He is a chief tax collector, so that means he's hated. And, and he's probably hated by some of the other tax collectors because he gets to scrape off what they steal. So he is not a, a light guy. So catch the scene. 
A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. This is in Luke 19, 2 through 4. And he was the chief tax collector. He was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So I get this image of this guy. And he's back there going, hey, hey, let me see, let me see. And people are like looking back going, oh, man, it's Zacchaeus. Dude, go away. You know, get back. And so they're crowding in and he can't see this Jesus but he wants to see who Jesus is. He desires to have connection, relationship. So what happens? He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So we know he's a short, ornery, rich tax collector, right? That's Zacchaeus. Kind of guy you want to invite over for dinner, right? What does he do? He really wants to see Jesus, so he climbs a tree. Makes sense, right? You remember those kids we were talking about? Who climbs trees? Kids climb trees when they really want to see something or when they want to really want to get somewhere. Um, so he climbs this tree, and why did he do it? Man, he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to connect. I'm going to say, I think he wanted a relationship. I think he wanted to connect with Christ in some way. And what we know about my amends, um, same thing. I walked into region, man, I wanted to be close to Christ. I wanted to be close to Christ, and I didn't know how. I didn't know what that looked like. And as I sat in a closed group, and we started going through the process of inventory, it came out very quickly that the real root of my sin was unconfessed adultery in my marriage that I'd been hanging on to for seven years. And the reason why I want y'all to know that is because I needed that lie to stop. I knew at that moment in time when that came up in my life, I knew that having a relationship with Christ at that moment was more important whether I looked stupid hanging out in a tree or whether I risked everything to, to basically confess something that my wife didn't know. And that, for me, was how important it was to have relationship with Christ, because anything less than that was a lie. It was a lie. And it was a lie that I was just going to have to keep bearing. And so that's what I discovered as I was going through my process of an amends I was going to have to make. So let's move on. So basically, I, I love this. Jesus decides he's going to go have dinner with this, this guy. So when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Immediately, I must stay at your house today. And so he came down and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this. And boy, they began to mutter. Are you kidding me? He's going to that guy's house? That guy? So Jesus goes and eats with Zacchaeus, and they're in the house. And I'd like to imagine this is not necessarily unpacked in the text, but there's probably other tax collectors there. It's probably not a, a, a great scene. I would say that it looks kind of like Jerusalem's most wanted in there. You know, people are just kind of like, whoa, that guy, that's not a good guy. That's not a good guy. What is going on here? The world's turning on its head. People didn't like it. And what I love 
is Zacchaeus' reaction to this. So in Luke 9.8, we read, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, just a side note here, I don't know if Zacchaeus heard what people were saying, but I do know is that he's in the presence of Christ and he realizes, man, I don't deserve this guy in my house right here. And he stands up and he says, look here, Lord, and now I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And I have cheated anybody of anything. If I've cheated anybody, I'll pay back four times the amount. The bottom line is, is this is the outward manifestation of his wit and his witness to others. And Christ confirms it by saying, in Luke 19, 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Not the well, the lost. The amends I made to my wife, and I did make amends to my wife, and I did it with a lot of counsel. I'd hold on to that, that lie, that secret, for seven years. And it had tainted my marriage, and it tainted my relationship with God. And I knew that the only way forward, the only way that I was going to continue to be able to walk in a deeper relationship with Christ, it wasn't that I was seeking salvation. It was that I wanted a deeper relationship with Christ. I wanted to know what it was like to approach Christ freely and feel his forgiveness. And so that amends that I did make to my wife, it was um, hard above everything else. It was incredibly hard. There was literally a period of time where I wondered if my marriage was going to be able to sustain it. Because there was about a week there where I wasn't sure if, if it was going to last. But God was faithful, and God wooed her heart back and put people in our lives that were able to speak into that. And so when I sought that forgiveness, it was granted. And it was my witness to my desire to be God's man in that marriage because I had never been God's man in that marriage before. And it was also a witness to her of how much I was willing to pursue and follow Christ, even being willing to risk what I thought was the most important thing. Just like Zacchaeus, who had filled his life clearly with possessions and with riches, was willing to give it up because he knew it was, it was a sham. It was a sham. And that's what we get to do in amends, is we get to look at these things and say, man, I choose real life. I choose life in Christ. Not this false thing that I've built up around me that is not, it's, it's death is what it is. And here's the best part. Just like Zacchaeus witnesses to us in the scripture, this amends that I made to my wife has become part of my testimony. Exhibit B, I'm here in front of you sharing this with you as an encouragement. It's become part of my witness. It's something that I can share with others and say, look at how faithful God has been with me in this process. And guess what? God's going to be just as faithful with you if you're faithful to him. So what can we learn from Zacchaeus? Um, 
Man, he recklessly pursued Christ with the heart of a child. I love the fact that a chapter before this, we've got two examples of where Christ clearly lays out two things that Zacchaeus exhibits so well for us. Remember the children in Luke 18, 17, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Man, I think Zacchaeus is a perfect example of someone who welcomed the kingdom of God like a child. I think the other thing we can take away from Zacchaeus is that he counted closeness with Christ as more important than his possessions and comfort. I mean, this is a great question for us to ask. Do I count closeness with Christ as more important than my possessions, my comfort, my freedom, my my marriage that looks good on the outside, but I know, I know it's just, it's, it's a lie. Remember the rich young ruler in Luke 18, 23. You know, after he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich and he walked away. We don't know what happened to that guy. I don't know if he ever came back, but we know what happened to Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus said, yes, it's worth it. Half of everything I own, I'm going to give away. So the real prize is following Christ. And the bottom line is, is if you're here tonight and you really want to follow Christ, man, amends is just a step. As C.S. Lewis wrote in one of his books, it's a step to go further up and further in. It's a step to just deepen what it means to follow Christ and be a true follower of his. Um, So just I'll put this up again. Amends is a command. Um, has more to do with relationship with Christ than with the other person. Amends is an outward manifestation of our desire to be closer to Christ. And, and most of all, it's a witness. It's a witness to us. It's a witness to others. It's a witness to the person that we're making amends to. Um, this is how I want to close tonight, a little different. I'm going to ask you a question. Clearly, you're not going to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you know him? Do you know Christ? Do you know my Lord? Because here's the thing. If you don't know Jesus, you're never going to be able to make an amends. That's for sure. Because God has to change your heart for this. And so here's my question. If you don't, then my challenge to you tonight is get to know him. You know, if this is your first time here and this is the first time you've walked in here and you've never been here or heard what, we t- heard what we've talked about before, I mean, this is a call. Jesus Christ is real. He is the only thing that has sustained me through these steps. He's the only reason why I can stand in front of you and testify to anything because of my relationship with him. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ and, and you're out there listening and you're, you're going... Man, this is some crazy stuff, but I'm curious. I kind of want to climb that tree, right? I kind of want to get myself out there and see him and know who he is. Man, there's some people walking around here with tags. I'm going to be here as well. Man, come ask us. Ask us who this Christ is. You will not be disappointed. And he will come in and dine with you, and you will dine with him, and y'all will fellowship together, and your life will never be the same. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word. 
We thank you for the gift of your son. Lord, I pray for those who are here tonight and that they hear this and they're like, man, this, this draws me. And I just pray that you would tap their hearts and that they would ask. And Lord, for those of us who know you, Lord, I would just pray that you would just continue to push us to pursue you in the hard places where it's hard to push in. And I just ask that uh, you would bless everyone that's here tonight as we leave. Amen.